0: The Daily 202's big idea is sponsored by Delta. At Delta Airlines, we're committed to donating 1% of our net profits to charities around the world. For more information about Delta, visit delta.com. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, June 7th. In today's news, Paul Ryan debunks the president's latest conspiracy theory. Border crossings surge. And Scott Pruitt gets in trouble for freeloading on food in the White House mess. But first, the big idea. It turns out America first really means America alone. President Trump, who knows little about history, had a tense phone call late last month with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau about the steel and aluminum tariffs, during which the president erroneously blamed canada for the war of 1812 trudeau pressed trump on how he could justify the stiff new tariffs on products from his country as a quote national security issue in response trump told trudeau didn't you guys burn down the white house he was referring to the war of 1812 an incident from more than 2 centuries ago but as every schoolchild knows it was british troops who ransacked washington and burned down the white house Moreover, the British attack on Washington was in retaliation for the American attack on York, Ontario, in territory that eventually became Canada, but was then a British colony. But putting such quibbles aside, the testy conversation highlights the degree to which this president is adopting a confrontational stance toward one of our closest allies, Canada. Trump is planning to adopt an even more brash stance when he goes to the G7 meeting in Quebec on Friday. He will be face-to-face with several other world leaders, including Trudeau, who he has antagonized with a set of increasingly protectionist policies that may lead to the collapse of the rules-based international order that the United States helped build after World War II and has benefited us so immensely. The two-day meeting is crystallized into a showdown over trade after Trump's recent insistence on new barriers that the other nations see as petty and insulting. Most of the other countries represented have a trade beef with Trump that is unlikely to be resolved at the summit, and for each, the standoff is just one more sign that the United States is pulling back from its traditional global leadership role. In a sign that Trump is looking to stoke divisions even further, White House officials are now discussing ways to impose additional economic penalties against Canada, which, remember, is the host nation for the summit. Trump wants to retaliate against Ottawa for threatening to levy tariffs next month on roughly $13 billion in US-made products. But they're only threatening that because the US put tariffs on Canada. Who knew trade wars could be so hard? White House officials are also considering whether to have Trump refuse to sign on to a customary joint agreement at the end of the G7 summit. One senior administration official said that it would be a signal that the old ways of doing business are over. White House economic adviser Larry Kudlow says Trump is untroubled by the rancor, adding that the president will meet with Trudeau and French President Emmanuel Macron on the sidelines of the meeting. Notably, though, the White House has not scheduled any individual meetings between Trump and British Prime Minister Theresa May or German Chancellor Angela Merkel. These are the two most powerful women in the West. Advisors say Trump gripes about both women. He sees Merkel as uncomfortable to be around, and may as too politically correct, according to one advisor. And now we're hearing from other White House sources that the president has been complaining about having to go to the G7 summit at all, describing it as a distraction from his planned sit-down with Kim Jong-un next week. In particular, the president has told several advisors that he does not want to be lectured by these other foreign leaders. Behind the scenes at the White House, there have even been staff-level discussions for the past few days about whether Trump may pull the plug and, at the last minute, send Vice President Pence in his stead. That's what he did in April to avoid having to meet Latin American leaders in Peru. Furthermore, White House officials say that Trump prefers visiting places where he'll be feted, such as on his trips last year to Beijing or Paris or the Saudi capital of Riyadh. He doesn't like to go to summits where the other leaders are treated as equals. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan told reporters on Wednesday that the FBI did not plant a spy inside Trump's 2016 campaign, contrary to what the president believes and continues to assert almost every day on Twitter. But I have seen no evidence to the contrary of of the initial assessment that Chairman Gowdy has made. Uh, But I want to make sure that we run every lead down and make sure we get final answers to these questions. Ryan was referring to last week when Representative Trey Gowdy, the Republican from South Carolina and the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, told Fox News that the FBI acted responsibly in investigating information alleging that certain Trump campaign advisors had very suspicious ties to Russia. Both Gowdy and Ryan have received top-secret briefings on this matter. Another Republican on the House Intelligence Committee, Tom Rooney, also chastised Trump yesterday for pushing false conspiracy theories with no evidence. He's not worried about crossing the president or committee chairman Devin Nunes anymore because he recently announced that he is retiring from Congress. Number two, House Republicans have failed to craft a compromise immigration bill that would satisfy both conservatives and moderates. Meaning that a discharge petition to protect the dreamers from deportation may come up for a vote soon. Leaders huddled with about a dozen moderate and conservative lawmakers for two hours last night and emerged without a clear resolution on the divisive issue. One idea Republicans have been exploring is providing a route to citizenship for all the young immigrants in exchange for cuts to existing immigration programs. All House Republican lawmakers are set to meet behind closed doors today in hopes of ending the standoff. Meanwhile, a new DHS report says U.S. Border Patrol agents made more than 50,000 arrests in May for the third month in a row. These figures represent another blow to Trump's zero-tolerance crackdown on illegal immigration, which has not yet proven itself to be a successful deterrent. And a federal judge is allowing an ACLU lawsuit to proceed over Trump's new policy of breaking apart families and taking children away from their parents when they're captured at the border. The Civil Liberties group argues that doing so violates the due process rights of asylum seekers. Number three. Two of Scott Pruitt's top aides announced that they are leaving the EPA amid growing scrutiny of the administrator's spending and management decisions. The two aides have worked with Pruitt since his days as Oklahoma Attorney General, and they leave the EPA administrator increasingly isolated as he faces a dozen federal spending and ethics probes. You heard that right. There are now a dozen different probes into Pruitt's alleged misconduct. Even as Trump praised Pruitt during an event at FEMA headquarters yesterday, saying he's doing a fantastic job, a growing chorus of congressional Republicans are now publicly questioning whether Pruitt can and should stay on the job. Even staunch Pruitt allies like Senator Jim Inhofe, a Republican from Pruitt's home state of Oklahoma and the leading climate science denier in the Senate, said the mounting scandals have them rethinking their support. Another Republican, Representative John Shimkus from Illinois, said the main reason that more Republicans have not abandoned Pruitt yet is because they think getting a conservative replacement confirmed by the Senate would be nearly impossible at this point. But wait, there's more. Pruitt has rankled top White House officials by eating too often in the White House mess, which is next to the Situation Room in the basement of the West Wing. It's not meant to be used for everyday use, but only special occasions. A Cabinet Affairs officer had to call Pruitt to tell him to come over less often, because he was going over all the time to get lunch and just hang out. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, June 7th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Homan. I'll talk to you tomorrow.